Hi, this is Denny Luce, the host and creator of Tap to Craft Podcast. I want to thank you for trying out our podcast, and I wanted to let you know the show has grown quite a bit over the years. The first two episodes are a bit rough, as I was recording alone and decided a more scripted dialogue was easier to overcome the awkwardness of talking to myself. Starting in episode three, I asked a friend to join me on this adventure, and the show really began to evolve. I encourage you to find an episode title that interests you and start there to see what the show has become over time. Then you are more than welcome to come back and try the first two episodes just for a laugh and learn a bit more about my craft beer journey. Thanks again and cheers. Welcome to Tap to Craft, a podcast about craft beer targeting the everyday beer drinker. My name is Denny Luce and I'm a craft beer enthusiast, meaning I enjoy drinking and learning about craft beer. This podcast is focused on talking about the craft beer hobby in layman terms, not elitist speak. Entry into craft beer shouldn't be a daunting and scary task, so I want to help you learn about craft beer so you, too, can become a craft beer enthusiast. So whether you are well experienced or new to the craft beer, there should be something in this podcast for you. I am not an expert on a topic and I am not a brewer. I will surely misspeak on occasion and I hope our listeners will write in to straighten me out when the need arises. I enjoy drinking with friends and carrying on conversations, so from time to time, I will invite my friends to join in as co-hosts to share their opinions on the topics. If you would like to join me sometime, just contact the show and we'll see if we can make it happen. This is episode one, recorded on August 2nd, 2014, and in this episode, I will be running through the typical show flow, providing samples of the content you can expect, including a brew buzz segment with a beer review, learn about the term body in relation to beer, a little background on how I got started in craft beer, and, well, a few more surprises. It's a craft beer show. Wouldn't be much of a show if we didn't drink some beer. So let's pop the top or pull the tap and see what's flowing into my glass tonight. Well, I've had a fantastic day today. I got to spend the day with my son drinking at a local craft brewery, Sockeye Brewing, in Boise, Idaho. And we got to sample a few of their new offerings. I will talk about that a little later in the show. The beer I'm drinking now is... A classic beer from Sockeye I've enjoyed for 10, 12 years. It's the Dagger Falls IPA, a very in-your-face, hop-tastic IPA, Northwest style. Uh, Very high bitter, really enjoyable. And I just want to continue my Sockeye experience today by drinking that on the show. Let's get into the brew buzz. The Brew Buzz is a section devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, from reviews, to commonly used terms, to explanations of beer styles, to brewery spotlights, and beer drinking accessories. 
We may even combine a few of these items to provide a more complete understanding of the topic. Like in the review to follow, I will explain the style in a bit more detail, as well as explain a few of the tasting characteristics to help beginners get a better understanding of the review. So in this brew buzz, I'm going to go ahead and give you a beer review. And this is a sample of what you can expect from a beer review from Tap the Craft. Very simple. It's going to follow a lot of the same type of reviews you may find online or from other podcasts, but I'm going to keep it simple. I hope that everyone can be able to understand whether or not they're going to enjoy this beer or not, and you'll see by the categories that I split it into that this may be a format that is easy for you to understand. So the name of the beer that I'm reviewing is called Cavatica Stout. It's brewed by Fort George Brewery in Astoria, Oregon, and the style is an American stout. An American stout is a dark and full-bodied stout with a bold and roasty malt aroma and a flavor often with hints of chocolate or coffee. Low sweetness and a finish more on the bitter side. It is not the dry Irish stout like Guinness or Murphy's that can be found at most bars. The ABV is an 8.8%. The IBUs were not present on this beer or on the website, so I'm not sure, but normally stouts are a little high on the IBUs, but you don't really feel it be because it's used to mask the malt sweetness. So you add a little bit more bitter to counteract the sweetness, and it kind of bounces out. The container I drank this from was a 16-ounce can. The color of the beer, when poured into a glass, was pitch black. I could see no light through it, just the way I enjoy my American stouts. The head and the lacing was thick, nice coffee brown color, but the lacing didn't stick to the glass as the head dissipated. The nose, it had a deep roasted malt with a hint of chocolate and espresso. The front end was a bold roasted malt flavor in the front with a mouthfeel on the heavy side, letting you know that you're drinking a stout, just the way I like my stouts. The body was full bodied. The finish is a bit boozy and a little sharp, both when it was cool and when it was warmed up after it sat a while. And the roasted malt flavor lingers. Would I recommend this beer for a new, a newbie or a new person to craft beer? Not recommended for newbies. The extreme flavor, the boozy and sharp finish will not sit well with a less mature palate, but can be appreciated by the more experienced craft beer drinker. Recommended glassware for drinking this beer? I would say a snifter glass or a tulip in order to capture that chocolate aromas in the nose. My rating, I'm not going to give you a number or a cap or any kind of ABC rating. I'm going to say that this beer is memorable. I would say keep it stocked in your beer fridge. Is it one that I would say you rush out and get right away? No. Is it one that I would think that you could pass on? No. I think you should try it, but that's my, uh, my opinion. Uh, some additional information found on the can. Uh, the can states the following, strong in body and powerfully built. This thick-bodied creature exudes a distinctly bold and delicious nose. The ingredients, two-row organic pale malted barley, Munich malt, black barley, Cascade hops, Fort George house yeast, and Astoria slow sand filtered water. No filters, fining, or clarifiers. It's unfiltered. Expect sediment at the bottom of the can. Drink fresh. Do not age and keep refrigerated. So that's my review of this stout. As you can tell, I really did enjoy it. 
It's a stout that you can say is a real stout. That as you drink it, you know that you're drinking a very full-bodied, rich, roasted malt stout. Next segment is our Beer Speak 101 segment. If you're going to walk the walk, then it's time to learn to talk the talk. Let's talk about what it means when we characterize a beer by the term body. In the last beer review, I mentioned that the body was full-bodied. And so what the body is, is a sense of the feeling in the mouth, the sense of fullness from the malt or the alcohol in the beer. There's some common describers or descriptors that are used to describe the body of a beer. It could be thin or light, meaning it really is lacking in fullness. It's not fulfilling, if, you know, maybe almost like you're drinking a, a watered-down beer. It could be balanced or medium. It's not too light. It's not too heavy. It's just balanced. It doesn't, doesn't feel like it's, it's weak. It doesn't feel like it's super heavy. Full or heavy, a beer that is alcoholic and has a big sense of body. Dense or viscous, uh, thick in a fluid nature, having excessive heaviness of character in the body or the mouthfeel. This is like, uh, you might say, kind of syrupy. You know how when you drink cough syrup and it kind of has that very thick and dense feeling in your mouth? That would be the same, same type of thing. If it's dense or viscous, that means that you're, you're drinking almost like a cough syrupy. That can, that can really happen when the, some of the hops used are, are very oily and can give you that very dense, thick, syrupy mouthfeel. It could be chalky, meaning that your mouth feels kind of powdery or dusty, uh, or maybe have a particular in it. Not something that I would uh, enjoy. I don't like my beers chalky. Creamy, a term to describe the perception of a smooth, creamy mouthfeel. The perception of creaminess is generally picked up at the sides and the back of the throat and through the finish of the beer. And a lot of times you'll get these creamy finishes when the beer is being served using nitrogen instead of CO2. So if you have a nitrogen charged can or bottle such as Guinness and some other craft breweries are also using nitrogen charged capsules in their beer, then you'll tend to have that creamy feeling. Young's Double Chocolate Stout, for example, is another one that has a nitrogen capsule that gives you that really creamy mouthfeel. And again, anything that's on tap using a nitrogen nitro uh, label next to it is going to have that creamy feel could be a fat, could be fat-bodied, a beer that is full in body and has a sense of very syrupy vis- viscosity. A beer with too much fat is not balanced and is said to be flabby. Again, any of these extremes usually will not sit well with the average beer drinker. So really, for a stout, full-bodied is just a just a type of stout that you really want to have. You want to have that good mouthfeel. You put it in your mouth. You swish it around. It feels like there's something in there. It's not just watery. You want to have that full-bodied experience. The Who Are You section. In this section, we will dive into the men behind the mics providing a little background on how we got started into the craft beer movement and what drives us to continue pursuing this hobby. I will provide 
nuggets of information each week on myself, and we will go into interview mode for any of my guest hosts. So for this episode, I want to go back to my craft beer beginnings and explain how I got exposed to craft beer. I started drinking craft beer in 1991 when I was stationed at the U.S. Naval Subbase Banger in Silverdale, Washington. I just want to shout out all those submariners out there who can stay longer, go deeper, and define the motto, Steel Boats, Iron Men. Let me preface the statement I, I started drinking craft beer in 1991 by saying I had experienced beers like Henry Weinhardt's and Red Hook ESB, but in my mind I didn't really consider those craft beers at the time. These beers were readily available in the store, and although I enjoyed them, they were just beers with a different flavor. Like the dark lager was only slightly different in flavor than the pale lager, and the ESB was just bitter. And as everyone knows back then, bitter beer was not well received in the general population. Right down the road in Paulsboro, Washington, was a small brewery and pub called Thomas Kemper Brewing. I discovered this gym one afternoon when one of my buddies mentioned a new pub had opened not far from base, and that we should check it out. At this time in my life, I mainly drank Miller's Genuine Draft and sometimes a Henry Weinhardt's Dark Lager when I had the extra money. Remember, I was a poor serviceman, raising a family and making only $12,000 a year. I didn't have a lot of disposable money to spend on special beer. We visited the brewery and I sampled a few of their offerings and instantly fell in love with beer that actually had flavor. I don't recall the beers that they had on tap, but the two I remember were the raspberry wheat, a lighter-bodied wheat with a large raspberry flavor, and the blueberry lager, a dark lager with bold malt flavor and a slight hint of blueberry in the finish. They had a good porter slash stout and a Hefeweizen that wasn't bad either. I instantly fell in love with this beer that actually had real flavor, and I'm not just talking about the fruit flavors. The porter and the stout was great and led me to try other craft offerings of this style, like Black Butte Porter from Deschutes Brewing. At that time, and even now it holds up, it was the best dark beer available in my area. My buddies and I continued to visit this pub on a weekly basis. I believe they were only open two or three days a week to the public. Hanging out at the horseshoe pits, the dartboards, and the picnic area, we watched the brewers work away filling pony kegs by hand and muscling them around the open frame warehouse. It was not only the beer I enjoyed so much, it was a venue. It was a sense of family. It was a social aspect before social became an online entity. I still thrive on that in-person social aspect today by holding payday beer clubs on a bi-weekly basis which for me is pretty much turns into a weekly event. And by seeking out my online beer buddies and meeting them in person to share a beer or two and to visiting breweries and talking to the brewers and the owners in person to learn more about the people who make my favorite beers. So that was a sample of the type of background history I'll be bringing to the show every so often to help the listeners understand why I'm all about craft beer. Let's talk about notable news items in the craft beer industry. Each episode, I'll pick a few noteworthy craft beer news articles from the BeerPulse.com website to discuss. 
This week I have three articles I pulled out. First and foremost, one of my favorite breweries out of Southern California, Stone Brewing, turned 18 on July 26. It's one of my favorite breweries out of Orange County. In a few months, they will announce where they'll be building a $31 million facility on the East Coast. Most of the product that Stone will manufacture in this new facility will be transported to the Northeast and the Upper Midwest. Therefore, the two finalists for the location, somewhere in Ohio and in somewhere in Virginia. The Brewers Association reports an 18% production growth for U.S. craft brewers in the first half of 2014. This article also I got off of BeerPulse.com, but it's uh, from the Brewers Association. Small and independent craft brewers enjoyed a continued growth in the first half of 2014. According to the new mid-year data released by the Brewers Association, the not-for-profit trade association that represents the majority of the U.S. breweries, American craft beer production volume increased 18% during the first half of the year. From January through the end of June 2014, approximately 10.6 million barrels of beer were sold by craft brewers, up from 9 million barrels over the first half of 2013. The sustained double-digit growth of the craft category shows the solidity of demand for fuller flavored beer in a variety of styles from small and independent American producers. Craft brewers are providing world-class innovative products that continue to excite beer lovers and energize the industry. As of June 30, 2014, 3,040 breweries were operating in the U.S., 99% of which were small and independent craft breweries. Additionally, there were 1,929 breweries in planning. Craft brewers currently employ an estimated 110,000 full-time and part-time workers. Coupled with the continued rise in the number of breweries, the market growth of the craft brewers highlights an ongoing localization of beer production in the United States. More and more people are enjoying the product from America's small independent brewers, making this country a true destination for beer. This is exciting news for craft beer lovers or enthusiasts like myself. It just shows the popularity of craft beer is gaining year after year. The next article is about one of my, I won't say one of my, it will probably be my favorite brewery of all time. It's from Lagunitas Brewing Company, based out of Petaluma, California. This article discusses that they secured a $20 million credit facility with GE Capital last month says that GE Capital, the corporate finance, announced it's providing Lagunitas Brewing Company with a $20 million credit facility to equip the company's new Chicago brewery. Lagunitas, founded in 1991 and headquartered in Petaluma, California, is one of the nation's fastest-growing craft brewers. The company is opening a 600,000-barrel capacity brewery in the Douglas Park neighborhood of Chicago, where it held a ribbon-cutting ceremony on June 17, 2014. Quoted, GE Capital understands the craft beer industry and worked closely with us to develop the right financing solution, said Tony McGee, CEO of Lagunitas. Having a lender with targeted industry experience helps us meet our growth and expansion needs. Lagunitas has been on a remarkable growth trajectory, and we are excited to be able to work with them to expand to a new brewery in Chicago, says Chris Ney, Senior Managing Director food and beverage of GE Capital Corporate Finance, helping mid-sized companies achieve their growth plans as our specialty. (laughs) 
I'm just glad that Lagunitas is able to open up a brewery in the Midwest to help get their beer distributed more on the East Coast so that not only the guys like myself over here on the West Coast can enjoy so much of their beer, but now that beer can be enjoyed by everyone in the United States. The next section I'm going to call Check It Out. These are going to be websites, podcasts, publications, applications, and such you might find useful in your craft beer journey. The first item I'm going to bring to you is a podcast. It's called the Four Brewers Podcast. These are four home brewers who get together and talk about craft beer to a more advanced audience who are assumed to already know everything about making and classifying beer. I personally really enjoy this podcast, and I have listened to every podcast, and some twice. They have a great insight on characterizing all aspects of a beer and bring not only homebrew on the air for live reviews, but also commercial beers. The rotating discussion topics and segments are fun, and if you don't laugh at least once during an episode, then I don't think you really have an ounce of humor. These guys all live in Southern California, and the homer slash local vibe does come out quite often, but doesn't distract too much from the overall enjoyment. Give these guys a listen. You can find their show on iTunes, search for the number four brewers, or visit their website at spelled out for F-O-U-R brewers.com. The next time I'm going to talk about is untapped. Untapped, I don't know. If you're not using Untapped, then you need to go find it right now. Uh, Untapped is a social beer drinking application. It's available for iOS, Android, BlackBerry, and even Windows Phone. It's a social beer drinking app that allows you to log and track beers you've tried, connect with friends, and interact with their check-ins, collect badges as you try different styles of beer, and drink in various locations, check into a beer or a location, rate a beer, Take a photo of your beers. Describe the beer for future lookups. You can do as much or as little as you please. You can share your check-ins socially on Twitter and Facebook. You can toast and comment on your friends' check-ins and even follow your favorite breweries. An excellent application for anyone who enjoys drinking craft beer and wants an easy way to keep track of what you like and dislike. This is uh, what I recommend for anyone getting into craft beer. A lot of times... It's very difficult to remember what beers you've tried and what you haven't, which ones you like, which ones you dislike. Even though I mentioned that you can add as much or as little information you want, I really encourage everyone to use this utility to find beers that you might want to try and also log the beers that you try, putting a little note in there. Not Don't pay attention to all the beer speak that everyone else is doing. You write your little description how you best would understand whether or not you like the beer or not. You can even say very bitter, very hoppy, very you know malty, syrupy, sugary, sweet, whatever you want, very carbonated. You describe it how you want so that when you look up that beer when you're out and about and you don't know if you've had it or not or if you liked it or not, you'll be able to tell whether you want to spend your hard-earned money on doing that beer again or not. Also, it's great for for reviewing beers before you purchase. Again, craft beer is expensive. It's not cheap beer. If you want cheap beer, then you go down and you buy that, you know, Milwaukee's Best, or you buy, you know, whatever, the Keystone Light, whatever is cheap. You can get 24 for 10 bucks. This isn't that type. This is a hobby that does cost a little money, but the reason why is because you're getting a much better product 
that you're able to enjoy. The flavor is incredible. It has more alcohol, so if you are looking to get a buzz, you will get your buzz quicker. And it's a little bit more expensive because it is made in a smaller batch. But if you don't want to, if you're at the store and they only offer six packs, and you know that that six pack is 10 bucks or higher, depending on where you're living, and you don't know if you're going to like that beer or not, Untapped is a great utility for you to go search for the beer and see what other people are talking about it. You can even search the friends that you have on Untapped, your close friends that may be using it, and see if they like the beer or not. If you know that certain friends of yours have the same taste as you, and if they've tried that beer and said they didn't like it or rated it low, guess what? You won't have to waste your money on it. So I recommend everyone go out and get untapped and enjoy sharing and learning about beer. The next section is what I'm going to call Beers on the Tab. This is a section that I'm going to list a few beers that I've had over the last couple weeks and the ones that I've purchased that I haven't yet tried but I will be trying and that I encourage my listeners to uh, send feedback on if any of these sound interesting that you might want me to review on. I will go ahead and I'll write a review of these beers that I have purchased. So I mentioned early in the show that I went out uh, drinking with my son. Uh, my son is 23 years old. Uh, he is just getting into the craft beer thing. He wasn't much of an alcohol drinker. And when he did drink beer, uh, he, he didn't really enjoy the flavor because a lot of it, you know, was just too strong, too much flavor for him. So he would, you know, go with his friends and, buy, you know, get the cheap stuff, but he didn't really enjoy it. And just recently, after trying some beers with me and uh, trying to find what his taste style is, uh, he's really grown to enjoy, so I embrace the craft beer movement. And I'm, I'm proud because, you know, I enjoy it and it's something we can share together. So today, he really asked, he asked, hey, Dad, can we go visit the Sockeye Brewing? He, he really likes some of their beers that he can get in cans here at the stores and stuff. And he said he wanted to go try some of the stuff that you can only get on tap. And he didn't want to go by himself. So we got together today and we went and had lunch and we sampled, you know, quite a few of their beers. And we really had a good time. Some of the beers I tried, uh, you know, I, Sockeye, I've been in, I live in Boise, Idaho. Uh, I've been here for 12 years. Sockeye has been here just as long, and I've been visiting them for the entire time I've been here off and on. They don't, the brewery is not close to my house. In fact, it's almost as furthest you can get from my house. But, uh, you know, so I don't visit it as often as I would like, but it is always a treat when I do visit it. So today I was able to drink a, a four new, well, actually five new beers, but I only had a taste of one of them. But uh, the first one I'm going to talk about, Sockeye Brewing, the Thunder Mountain Imperial Stout. And uh, just like I mentioned above the review of the Fort George Stout, uh, this one is very similar to that one, but but not not like not just like it. It's, it's an American Stout style, but this one is a little bit more uh, like a medium. It's like a medium bodied. Not light-bodied, not heavy-bodied or full-bodied. It's like a medium-bodied stout, uh, dark, pitch-black darkness, which I love. The head, you know, again, was, was, was a good head. Didn't really, you know, not lacing didn't really stick a lot. But the malt flavor, the malt profile, the roasted malt wasn't in-your-face bold. It was more of the medium malt. And it did have uh, a bit of a boozy finish, but it didn't have a sharp finish. It was very smooth with a little bit of of the bitterness and to finish really enjoyable I really enjoyed that beer 
The other one I had from there today was called Fred's Raging Red, and this beer was on nitro. So I already mentioned earlier about the body. The body was creamy. It was a creamy body because the nitrogen has small little bubbles that makes that beer in a, have a creamy flavor. But it's a red ale. A red ale is one of my favorites, especially red ales that have a hoppy, like a bitter finish. This beer had that hoppy, bitter finish, but finished smooth with that nitrogen. So nitrogen in the front, you get that silky, smoothy, smooth feeling, but the finish had that nice, subtle, bitter finish that I really enjoy in a, in a good red. Another awesome beer. I tried a Belgian-style summer ale. Now, I love Belgian ales. This Belgian, this wasn't what I would classify as a Belgian ale, although the nose had very spicy nose to it, aroma, and the, and the same with the finish, had that, uh, that slight spicy clove-like finish. But what was different about this, because it's a summer ale, it wasn't heavy with the flavor. The flavors were subtle and enjoyable, but it was also refreshing. A beer that, for the people that don't like Belgian-style ales, this one would be perfect because it gives you the hint of it. You know, it's like maybe a, a gateway, a gateway beer into Belgiums. Because, like I said, some Belgians are just way too in-your-face spiciness, and people don't like that. This one is, is more, you know, middle of the road. Very enjoyable. I really liked it, especially for the light, refreshing summertime ale. And the one I, I really wanted to try was a special barrel-aged beer called the Applejack Amber. And I'm not a big fan of amber beers typically, but this beer was uh, was pretty smooth, didn't have a lot of earthy flavors that sometimes you can get with an amber depending on um, what malts they use and and uh, and hops. Uh, it had it was very smooth. The problem is is to me it was barrel aged and I did enjoy the 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 bourbon barrel flavors that came out, but Overall, it seemed like it was really watery, had a very light body to it. Uh, I thought it would be a little bit heavier, and I thought that those flavors wouldn't be so muted you know, with this, with this beer. So that one I was anticipating very much, and I was kind of disappointed because it wasn't as strong flavored as I was hoping it would be. The other one I tried, uh, some of my son, my son, again, he's getting into the craft beer. He likes pale ales, and he likes amber ales, and they had... Uh, an amber ale that was new and right now I'm trying to think of the name and it, it's slipping my mind but it's a new amber ale from Sockeye that was uh, actually very enjoyable I also last night again I mentioned I enjoy visiting with friends and stuff and I went over to my friend Sean's house we had some he smoked some ribs on his uh, on a smoker and we went and got some growlers full of beer and there's a new brewery that opened in Boise it's called Boise Brewing Company and I haven't had a chance to go over there and try their beers. But luckily, at one of my favorite beer stops, Brewer's Haven, they, uh, they had several of their beers on tap. And two of them was a stout. One was a stout, and the other one was an IPA. So we tried their Hip Check IPA. And this IPA is what, uh, you know, I love IPAs. And in my next segment on, uh, on my background, I'll explain how I, you know, my experience with IPAs early on in the early 90s when IPAs first started coming out, but I'll save that for next episode. But uh, I love IPAs. I, I can also be an IPA snob at, at a bit because I've experienced all kinds of different styles of IPA, and there's some that I really enjoy and some that I don't enjoy as much. This one wasn't anything special. I would say my first initial thoughts was it was average. But as the beer warmed up, 
the warmer the beer got, the better this beer tasted. The average wore off. And even though I think I may have given it like a 3 out of 5 rating on untapped, I might have to look, go back and raise that up at least a half a cap, if not a full cap, because the flavors really came out once that beer warmed up. About the, uh, you know, I, I mentioned warming beer, and I know that this is a stigma for a lot of people that are new to getting into craft beers. They're used to drinking their domestic beers ice cold. If it's not ice cold, they're not going to, they don't want to drink it. One of those brew buzz segments I'll bring later on into one of the future shows is the reasons why craft beer should not be drink, drinking, drunk, cold. It needs to be drank at a more warmer temperature. I won't get into that right now because I don't want the show to get too long, but this is one of those examples that this beer is exponentially better the warmer it gets. The other beer that they had was uh, the Boise Brewing Snowboarder Porter, which was actually, it's called Snowboarder Porter, but it's an American stout. I will go in again, another episode, I'll go and explain a little bit, you know, maybe go into some history on some of these beer styles. And, you know, when you see, a, you know, everyone knows that, hey, there's a porter and there's a stout. How can you have a porter and a stout in the same name? Well, you can. And I'll go into that in, in a future episode, too. So I just kind of give you little nuggets of stuff to come back and listen later on that, uh, that maybe will get some, some knowledge on these different styles. But this porter, this stout, actually, incredible. I fell in love with it right away. I think I gave it a four and a half out of five rating. Full-bodied mouthfeel incredible mouthfeel i thought when i poured it out poured it in i was thinking oh it's going to be light it's going to be you know it's going to be watery nothing's worse to me than a watery stout i hate light-bodied stouts i need a full body stout uh i put it to my nose i didn't have a you know the nose was not bold it wasn't there the aromas were were missing i was like oh no this is there's no nose i'm gonna hate this then i put it to my mouth first sip in my face roasted malt i mean punched me in the face it was so strong the mouthfeel full-bodied very full-bodied if i put it in my mouth and it was like man this is fantastic all the way to the finish the finish finished even stronger than the front everything i enjoy about a stout this thing had it i was so impressed and so surprised because for a brand new brewery starting up just like two months ago to have that quality of beer coming out is incredible then there was one more beer i tried last night with my buddy sean he bought a triple ipa from knee deep brewing somewhere in california never heard of this brewery before last night it's called the hopperilla 3x ipa it's a triple ipa i never even heard of a triple ipa double ipas imperial ipas i mean typically once you get to the IPA, you get to the Imperial and, and Double State, that's all there is. I, I didn't know there was a triple. Maybe they just made it up. I don't know. But I bought it, or I drank it. And it's 11% alcohol. I thought, oh my gosh, this sucker is going to be a boozy mess. Go a little bit more on our body topic that we talked about. This is one of those syrupy, heavy-bodied beers. You put it in your mouth, I kid you not, it has the feel of cough syrup. It also, as, as it has that, uh, that, that feel, it also feels like almost you're, it's, co- it's covering up some of the, you know, like an umbrella, covering up the alcohol. It's like trapping in the alcohol so you don't have that real boozy finish. I was very surprised. 
Uh, I rated this one higher than I would normally be only because it was unique. It was unique in the fact that I'm not used to drinking an IPA that is that heavy with that high of alcohol and not feel like I'm I'm drinking a bottle of whiskey or something. I will admit as it warmed, as it warmed and as I got to the bottom of my glass, it the bo- the booziness, the warmness from the boot from the alcohol started to show up more. Not sickening boozy, but it just started showing up. I still enjoyed it. It's still an enjoyable beer. It was so enjoyable that now I'm going to go into the beers that I've purchased for trying the next couple weeks. There, I went to the local co-op, which is a cooperative market. They serve, they have a pretty good beer selection, craft beer selection, and they have a bunch of organic foods and stuff. You know, all the hippies and tree hugger type thing. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm a hippie or tree hugger because I'm not, but I do enjoy eating good organic food. So we've been, you know, members of the co-op for 12 years. One of the nice benefits is they have a great beer selection, and I love the brute, the, the beer master or whatever the, I don't even know what the, his name's Matt. What's the what's I'm I'm drawing blank on what the what you call a person that takes care of the beer at, at a store, but he's the guy that orders all the beer, takes care of it. I just the guy is, is great. In fact, my wife loves Elysian Night Owl Pumpkin Owl. Just came out in our area this week. She pre-ordered a case of it. And he held it for her, gave us a discount. We picked it up today. I mean, he's just wonderful. And I, I can't say enough about it. But we went to the co-op, and guess what? I saw there was two other beers from Knee Deep Brewing. One of them I picked up is called a Citra Extra Pale... Uh, yeah, extra, Citra Extra Pale L. Uh, I love the... It, it's going to have Citra hops in it. I love the Citra hop aromas and flavor that, that the Citra Hop gives. So I'm looking forward to that. The other knee-deep brewing one was called Simtra Triple IPA. What the hell? They have two triple IPAs? They have the Hopperilla and they have the Simtra Triple IPA? A style I've never even heard of and I'm going to be able to try a second version of it from this brewery. Looking forward to that. I also, I told you earlier, I love Stone Brewing. They just released their Unapologetic IPA. Their IPAs are fantastic. I'm looking forward to trying that one. Also, a bunch of stuff from Oregon. I love Oregon breweries. They're fantastic. Widmer Brothers, 30th anniversary. Number two, Cezanne Flores. Flores. I can't say it. It's a farmhouse style L. Brew with chrysanthemums, jasmine, and Szechuan peppercorn in collaboration with Breakside Brewing out of Oregon. Looking forward to it. You hear that you got some flowers in there and some peppercorn. You're like, what the hell? Hey, don't knock it till you try it. These beers are fantastic. I love all the flowery stuff, the flavors and stuff you get from, especially jasmine. Jasmine is fantastic. And peppercorn adds that little bit of a heat, you know, like peppery flavor. So I'm looking forward to that. The other one is the Widmere Brothers 30th Anniversary number 3. It's called the Fizz Spritzer Style. An ale brewed with ginger and Meyer lemon in collaboration with Ten Barrel Brewing. Another one of my favorite breweries out of out of Oregon is Ten Barrel. I enjoyed their beers when they were only in Bend. Well, guess what? They built a brew pub here in Boise, and I visit it all the time. Love their beer. Really going to enjoy trying this style that I never heard of, a fizz spritzer style. I love ginger in my beer and lemon. Uh, it should be a. I'm really looking forward to that one. Also, Tim Barrel Brewing, beer number two. 
I've had beer number one. It was fantastic. It was a sour. Uh, beer number two, I'm not sure what it is. I'll find out when I pop it open. I haven't done any research, but it, hey, I buy everything Tin Barrel does. I even, you know, sample all the new stuff that they release at the brewery. Love them. Another Oregon brewery, Full Sail Brewing. Uh, I picked up their brewer share, Hellas Lager. These brewer shares are really unique because it, Full Sail allows their brewers to make whatever beer they want and sell it as a special beer. All of them have been pretty damn good. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. And I've been looking forward to another one. They finally released a new one called the Hellas Lager. And I love the Hellas Lager style. And Deschutes Brewing. They, they're doing uh, another. It's called the Doppel Dinkel Bach L. It's the Cumflex Series number three in collaboration with a brewery I never heard of. And I believe it might be overseas. Distel Hauser. I probably totally boogered up that name but hey another beer that uh is expensive these complex series they're not cheap man you're gonna pay you know 10 anywhere from i mean the complex series in the past was 12 ounces for for 10 bucks 12 bucks uh this one's actually a 22 ounce bottle and i think i paid 10 or 11 dollars for it so the price is going down which is nice because it's hard for me to swallow paying 12 bucks for a t 10 or 12 ounce bottle that's it's i mean that's a, a buck an ounce right that's that's hard to swallow it's, that's really on the high extreme of craft beer enthusiasm so those are the beers that i've had this weekend and the beers i purchased today that i will be drinking and hopefully reviewing in the future episodes now's the time for shout outs i want to raise raise our glasses i want to give out a few toasts First off and foremost, a big cheers and a thank you to Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. Please visit the site and find out all the great shows they have to offer, like the old forecast, discussing a multitude of topics in a fun and community-oriented fashion. The 40cast, a podcast near and dear to my heart as a former longtime host. This show focuses on gaming, sports, and entertainment topics in a friendly roundtable format. Of course, with alcohol involved. A fun time is guaranteed. And Prove Your Point, a debate-centric podcast discussing current news and controversial topics. Being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. I hope those deployed are able to return home safely soon. If you would like to contact the show, you can reach me through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft or leave comments on the show post on openforumradio.com or Google Plus. Just search for Tap the Craft. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at loosescrew, L-U-C-E-S-C-R-E-W and also on Google Plus at Denny Loose. It's last call on time to bring the show to a close. Thank you for downloading and listening to the show. I hope you were able to find something useful, and I welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. The frequency of the show is an episode posted every two to four weeks. That's it for this episode. And remember, friends don't let friends drink light, yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. Beer ignorant.